The Holistic Counseling Podcast is part of the practice of the Practice Network, a network of podcasts seeking to help you market and grow your business and yourself. To hear other podcasts like Behind the Bite, Full of Shift, and Impact Driven Leader, go to www.practiceofthepractice.com forward slash network. Welcome to the Holistic Counseling Podcast, where you discover diverse wellness modalities, advice on growing your integrative practice, and grow confidence in being your unique self. I'm your host, Chris McDonald. I'm so glad you're here for the journey. Welcome to today's episode of the Holistic Counseling Podcast. I'm your host, Chris McDonald. I hope your day is going well. I want to bring to you today's guest. She comes all the way from England, which is one of my favorite places to visit. Her name is Natasha Page. She's a BACP accredited counselor and psychotherapist. She's an integrative therapist and believes the way she works with clients should be tailored to their individual needs, and integrative therapy helps her achieve this. She's here today to share with you an amazing resource called My Little Therapy Box, which I love the name. Welcome to the podcast, Natasha. Hello. Lovely to be here. Thanks for inviting me. Absolutely. Like we were talking before we hit record, it's so exciting to connect with people around the world. Yes, yes, definitely. That's the the beauty of the pandemic. It is, definitely. So before we get started, can you share more with my listeners, more about yourself and your work? Yes, yes, I will. So you've obviously just given my name, Natasha Page, and I am a counsellor and psychotherapist. So I work in private practice and I support people all different ages from young people right into obviously adulthood. So I've got a really sort of broad range of clients that I work with and support them with all different issues that obviously may enter the counselling room. So anything from divorce, separation, from problems with low self-esteem or anger, trauma. And as I'm sure you will appreciate, Chris, obviously lots of different issues that people might struggle with and and need some support with. Absolutely. Yeah. So what made you interested in becoming a psychotherapist? Okay. So my first, I guess, interest in becoming a psychotherapist started when I was in my early 20s and I myself went through a period of just feeling really low in mood, feeling a little bit lost in life. I was working in a a, a quite a low paid job. It was a demanding job as a receptionist in a school. And although I did really enjoy the job, I just felt like the demands were starting to become too much, like just constantly busy. I guess I'm, I'm a person who likes to try and do a good job and please people. And being quite young at the time, I just think it was the pressures of, of life really yeah. starting to get to me. So one day I woke up and I was just that fed up. And I guess now when I look back, actually depressed, I didn't want to get out of bed and go to work. And that is not like me. And anyone that knows me knows that is not okay. my normal character. So I knew something wasn't right. And I actually Actually, luckily did feel able to to reach out and talk to my dad and he suggested that maybe I should try some counseling sessions I'd never heard of counseling or therapy I thought well what have I got to lose I guess I could, could give it a go and yeah it was from there really I, I just really enjoyed going to my counseling sessions although they were challenging and you know I would have to leave the room having had a good cry it was just like the feeling of having a weight lifted and having someone just actually listen to me and not judge me not tell me what to do and just feel really understood and comforted by that therapeutic relationship so going through that myself I just thought that'd be amazing 
to give that to someone else and to be able to provide that space for someone else. So it was from there. Wow. So that really benefited you then? Yes. Yeah. Literally, I sort of say it did change my life, really. Amazing. I mean, I didn't, yeah, I didn't become a therapist straight away. It starts as a little seed, doesn't it? Yeah. Um, <laughs> but then as I progressed in my career, I had my first daughter and I decided to, to go to university. I actually studied social work for my first degree, but I knew deep down that I really wanted to be yeah. a, a counsellor. Okay, so I know you mentioned you're an integrative counselor. So how do you use that to help, I guess, meet, you said, meet individual needs of clients? Yes. Yeah. So so being an integrative counselor, I'm trained in three main approaches. So those three approaches are person-centered and CBT, cognitive behavioral therapy, and psychodynamic theory. So they're the three core theories that underpinned my training. So the way that I believe that sort of helps me in my work really is that like you, Chris, you work holistically with people. And I know it's it's very different in terms of maybe the, the holistic approaches you use. Right. But in terms of my therapy with clients, it is about just taking the themes, the issues that they're bringing. And then obviously I can integrate and use the approaches that I think best meet that client's needs. Yeah, yeah. That's interesting because I've never heard of those three together. Okay, okay. Yeah. That, is in, that is interesting, obviously, but, being, yeah. you know, different parts of the world. Yeah, because usually I hear like, see, a lot of people do CBT or more person-centered, but to combine that with psychodynamic, that's an interesting combination. Yes, because I studied at the University of Derby and it was a BACP the BACP. I don't know if you know. So what is that? <laughs> in America, it's the British Association for Counseling and Psychotherapy. So it's like our, uh, like a governing body. I'm sure. Like we, we have, have licensing boards here. Yeah. So, so yes, exactly. It is um, our equivalent to a licensing board. So that's what we're, we're training. Where I took the training. Okay. Excellent. So I, I know that we are here to talk about the little therapy box. So what led you to create this? Yeah, so my little therapy box. So obviously with it being a podcast, I can't sort of we show, show you and demonstrate, <laughs> but I'm sure you will probably... Yes, we'll have it in the show notes. At the end yeah. of the show. I guess there's different reasons why I created this. So one of the first reasons is because in my work as a therapist, quite often when people come to a first session of therapy maybe they've never been before or maybe they're sort of nervous about coming to therapy or they don't actually know what issues are at the heart of how they're feeling because we don't always know I know that from my own experiences like I talked about back in my 20s I couldn't quite pinpoint at that point what was wrong I just felt that something wasn't right and I didn't feel happy but I couldn't actually perhaps verbalize what that was and that's what the process of of counseling helped me to do to actually delve a bit deeper so I've basically created this resource to help people either prior to coming to therapy so they might want to explore their emotions on their own or to use it in therapy so it might be that the client uses it in the beginning stages of therapy to help them identify what areas they're actually struggling with in their life so quite often other mood cards that are out there on the market just name an emotion and they can be really helpful and I use them 
myself. But what I felt was missing was sometimes it might there might be an emotion, but actually, what's the issue behind that emotion? So what things are actually contributing in that person's life to how they're feeling? So within the resource, there's, I hope I've answered that question. Yeah, you did. You did. So so yeah, tell me what a card looks like and and how does that work? And... Yes. Okay. So within the resource, there's forty different themed cards, and they've got all different issues on things that I've I've worked with all of these themes in counseling sessions with myself. So I've, I've made themes that I know people struggle with that I'm sure even me and you may have struggled right. with yeah. at different points in our life and just made it easy for a person to sort of have a look through the cards. I'm doing it as we speak. And if you choose up to five cards, no more than that, because it could, could be quite overwhelming to try and sort through more issues with that. But five five themes that are, you know, overriding maybe in terms of what you're struggling with. So I'll just read some of the cards out. Yeah, go ahead. In no particular order. So relationship problems, sibling rivalry, bereavement, physical health, worries about money, um, alcohol intake. So I won't go through all of them, of course. You have a lot of categories. <laughs> but there are, yes, because there's 40 altogether. So I won't read through wow. all of them. Okay. Um, but then on the back of each card, I basically put some questions there to help the person explore that oh, okay. further. So helping them to think what's causing them to feel unhappy, getting them to think about next steps that they may be able to take and then each card also has I guess it's like a supportive note at the end to help them to think about next steps that they might want to take so it is a resource that people obviously can use to explore these themes further in a therapy session with a trained therapist but also it is a resource that you can use on your own as well or you may want to use it with a loved one who you're concerned about so, for example, I've recently had someone who was worried about a young person they know in their family. And so they've, they've recently brought the resource to help them be able to communicate about their feelings. And I guess the, the aim of it really is to try and normalise mental health. And actually by having the themes set out in front of you, just make it easier to talk about that issue. Can you read some of the questions for one of the Problems? Yes, I can. Yes. So I'll have a look at the relationship problems card. So what is causing you to feel unhappy or distressed in this area of your life right now? So obviously that will get a person to really reflect on what is it that's making them feel unhappy? What's contributing to them not feeling fulfillment in that area of their life and in that relationship? So, of course, that could really open up just a starting conversation or someone could sit and journal and write down. So, obviously, talking and also writing help us to clarify our feelings and to become clearer about how something is impacting on us. Another question off the same card, getting them to explore, is this a long-standing issue or is it something new in the, the relationship? So get them to reflect on, is this something that's changed recently or actually is it something that's been contributing to them feeling unhappy for a long time? 
And then the last question on this card is, can you visualise yourself in this relationship in five years' time and why? So it's just getting them to reflect on, is this a relationship that is going to stand the test of longevity and time? Is it an important relationship that you're going to remain in? And then some further questions, another section, just getting them to think about what would they want things to be like if they could be different? And then what three steps could they make towards that change? And then the note on this particular card is just pointed out that relationships may require change from both parties. It's not necessarily a one-sided thing, of course. A relationship involves two people. Just an advice, really, that a trained relationship therapist may also be helpful as well if it's a problem that is hard to overcome. Okay. Well, thanks for sharing that because it it just sounds like really clarifying some of those issues or feelings they might be having. Yeah, exactly. Some of these themes aren't rocket science. It's, they're not no. you know, revolutionary <laughs> um, new themes. But the difference is there wasn't a product out there that was helping people to just pinpoint like this what is actually going on in their life. Like I said, a lot of emotion cards focus on just the emotion, which it can be really helpful, but actually for some people, it can be really hard to explore that emotion. So looking at the more practical things that might be contributing again, and then perhaps linking them to yeah. those emotions, I think is really helpful. I wonder the relationship issues, if that could be used, if somebody could use that with their partner, right, that they're having issues with. Yes. Open things up. Yes, I I think so. Again, like any relationship, it's two-sided, isn't it? And it depends on on how the other person responds. You have to be prepared, I guess, for not always getting the response, the desired response that you might want. So, of course, that would be helpful to have those conversations. But that in itself could be eye-opening, couldn't it, if someone to engage in, in a conversation. So I know you mentioned that people can use that to journal yes. at home or just reflect. I would think that the journaling piece would really be good therapeutic homework for clients as well. Yeah. Yes, definitely. And, you know, when I've used them in my sessions, you know, I don't get this out every session, just to <laughs> make that clear. Um, I do use it when I feel someone is sort of stuck okay. or if it's like an early on in the session and they're just finding it really hard to put put their emotions into words how they're actually feeling I just find it gives a real good focus and helps some clients to start to yeah to be able to open up it's a bit of a focal point in the therapy session and I'm sorry my memory is short but I know you mentioned some of the other issues so was there just ones that are like emotion like let's say somebody was feeling anxiety there is one for anxiety okay that okay. is in there there's there's one shyness i read for a oh, few more okay very cool. um, can't control anger family rift traumatic event self-harm i've not shied away from from the difficult the, yeah, yeah issues some really difficult and and i've never come across any emotion cards that actually have that in self-harm or there is a suicidal thoughts one as well now i know these are really hard-hitting sort of subjects to bring up but of course the difference between not asking that question as a a therapist or asking that question if you don't ask you might not ever know that can just be so powerful in getting 
someone to open up and say, I have felt like that. And even if they don't want to talk about it further, even if that's too hard for them to do, for them to be able to pick that out in a deck of cards and just indicate that is something they're struggling with, at least you then, you're aware, aren't you? And you can potentially then support them further with that. I've also noted the limitations to to using these cards. They're not a replacement for therapy. Of course. There's there's something to aid. They're a therapeutic resource. So using them should feel therapeutic, but it's not to replace therapy. And I also ensure that people know that, for example, if you're having suicidal thoughts, then you need to seek medical advice from a GP or a mental health professional. Yeah, well, that's good you put that on there as well. Because I would think that, because I know I have adult clients sometimes that have trouble expressing themselves as well as teenagers when I did work with them. So I would think that this could be great in the beginning of therapy too. Yes, yes, yeah. And that's exactly what I designed them for. For, for it's They're aimed at, I wouldn't use it with a, a child younger than 11, but I think sort of, as we would call it over here, secondary school. I don't know what school, what you would call it. Oh, like so middle so school 11, or high school. 11, yeah. Yes. Yes. So middle school, high school, into adulthood. That's who they're sort of aimed at because some of the themes are, okay. you know, are, are, are difficult. Um, so it's not for younger children. It is for, um, you know, adolescents upwards. But definitely adults do struggle. I've had a client this week who I've just started therapy with and they've expressed that they find it really hard to express emotion, that they know they're aware that they are they've been suppressing quite a lot of emotion and so I asked them if they potentially would like to to use this resource in our next session. Okay I know you mentioned too that it could be a good resource for self-care for therapists so can you share more about that? Being a therapist we're not immune to our own ups and downs in life are we actually maybe sometimes we're actually even more if we're more at risk because we are exposed to you know some really difficult subjects that people explore with us in therapy we take a lot on don't we and so I think it's so important that we do look after our own well-being you know something that I do to look after my well-being is exercise and I've recently not ever been what you call a runner a jogger (laughs) Um, but I recently this year started to to incorporate that into my routine and do that like once a week now and I just it makes me feel really good so my point being is self-care so yes you know having having time to just have a think about actually how are you feeling as a therapist and of course these cards can be used in in just the same way as a client that you're supporting might use them or so yeah in the form of talking with someone but of course maybe journaling writing things down as well and just reflection having time to to stop pause and and reflect on on how you're feeling yeah so it's really that tuning in for us as well yes it's a big part of self-care because okay. I think sometimes too I found that some clients and they're whatever reason I don't know what it is but some people their issues kind of stick with you and you might feel like I, that happened to me this week I had this one new client and I'm like what is wrong with me so after I just felt like and I could barely identify the feeling so I wonder too if that would help to be like is this anxiety or should I look yes. at some of these cards for the to yes. help identify and really pursue that is what came up because sometimes our own issues do come up obviously and yes yeah did that trigger something for me 
Yes, definitely. And and obviously, like what you're talking about there, sort of the projection of their emotions onto you and you taking that on yourself. And of course, that, that does happen. Like you said, you sort of, why am I feeling like this? And, and then maybe you've, you've made that connection now with what that was about. So again, that would be really interesting, wouldn't it, to do that as a, a therapist, having a look through these cards and just then identifying what themes you're working with at the moment in, in your practice. And I think too, as uh, I know you got therapy when you're younger, but for therapists too, I think it's so helpful to keep that an open mind towards getting your own therapy oh, when you need it. 100%. I, I really do agree with that. And although it's something I'm not accessing therapy at the moment is something that I have dipped into when I've needed it. I think the last time was after having my second child, which is, gosh, coming up four years now, um, but just adjusting to being a mum again, having two children, lack of sleep. Yes. <laughs> Balancing being a mum to a new baby. Yeah, I needed some space for me. And that's where I, I had my therapy sessions. And I think as a therapist, if you can't talk openly about having your own therapy, why why not? <laughs> why not? <laughs> yeah, because I think in order to destigmatize having therapy, and I don't know what it's like over there in, in America, but I think generally worldwide, it's something that we need to still be talking about and getting more on the agenda, which I think it is. It's starting, but I still... Starting to. Yeah, started, yes, yeah. I think it's still something that we're not great at, and that is part of it, isn't it, as a therapist, saying, yes, I access therapy when I need it. Exactly. And telling clients, too, I try to be vulnerable with them so they they understand that it's not just for other people right that we need to take care of our own business at times yes yeah and that's why I do think it's an important part of of my practice as a therapist when you asked how I got into therapy I think it's a really nice story to be able to share with clients that actually through my own experience of having cancer and it's inspired me to want to give that I do see it as a gift to other people yeah, and I share too because I've gotten some brain spotting for myself and I share my experiences and how much it's helped me because I feel like I couldn't be as good of a therapist if I didn't experience it. Like, I'm oh, I'm going to do brain spotting with you, but I've never done it. <laughs> yeah, to be honest, Chris, I'd love to know more about brain spotting. I know you're interviewing me. That's okay. It's not something I'm familiar with. So. Oh, oh, okay. <laughs> I always think everybody knows. <laughs> no. Well, it's it's a you've probably heard of EMDR. Ah, see, it's, yes, I'm, it's yes, kind of a, I know it's, what that is. It came yes. from that originally. David Grant yes. is the person that created it. So, with uh, EMDR, you're you're doing more of the eye movements back and forth. But yes. with brain spotting, we try to use the the eye field to find a brain spot. We call it where they might have more activation in their body. Let's say if you were anxious and you felt, you know, I feel it in my chest. And then if you move your eyes to the left and you notice that increases or other symptoms come up with, not symptoms, but, you know, activation symptoms could be like sweating or other things. And that increases. And then we stay in that spot wherever that eye spot is. Yeah. We use what's called a pointer to help guide clients with that and just allow that mindfulness in the moment. So because it's basically going into the deeper parts of the brain. Yeah, so they're connecting with that. But it's basically focusing on their healing 
yes. allowing their brain to help them heal yes. and process and accepting whatever comes up and being yes. with it, that whatever emotions, thoughts, feelings, images, yeah. and you never know what's going to come up. And some of the healing that comes mm-hmm. out of it, and I, as, as I explained to clients that I got out of it, and then what they get, it's just like, we never would have gotten this through regular talk therapy. This is amazing. Yes. Yeah. So it's very profound. That's the word yes. I use too. Uh, well, that sounds really interesting. And I, I am aware of the EMDR therapy. Yeah. It's, it's something yeah. on my radar to to uh, add to my, my training. So uh, maybe I'll look into brain spotting as well. Yeah, no, I love it. Well, actually, the funny part is the guy that created brain spotting, David Grant, he used to teach EMDR. So he was really skilled in that. But then he found brain spotting was just so, so impactful, even more just staying in those certain spots or using, we call it resource spots too. The other part is if something's too activating, then we try to use a spot where they feel calmer, more relaxed. Yes. Yeah. Using the visual field. Yeah. It sounds really interesting. So good self-care. Yes, yeah. yeah. Is, is that a, a therapy that you do with people in the room with you? Obviously, with the um, pandemic, I've been no. I've, you can do it on telehealth. I've, can you? I, oh yeah. Yep. Great. Okay. Same thing. And they can. And the interesting part is you can teach clients how to use it themselves. To we call self spotting. Great. So it's another tool. Okay, this sounds really good. Yeah, so good self-care for therapists. Yes, yeah. So is there anything else, Natasha, you wanted to share today that I may Um, have missed? I don't think so. I think we've obviously talked about the resource, which is is the main purpose for me being here. It's been nice to share a bit about what I do in my practice and, and to learn a little bit more about you as well, Chris. Yeah, yeah. Well, did you have any other thoughts on self-care for therapists? Anything else that you want to recommend? And- yes, the I guess the main thing is to always ensure that you are checking in with yourself. And that's why the resource, My Little Therapy Box that we've talked about today is a way of doing that. You know, it can become if you don't look after yourself properly, it can become overwhelming in the work that we do as therapists. Day to day, we're dealing with people's trauma, distress, emotions, and that's not an easy job. I absolutely love what I do. I I do feel like I was put on this earth to to work with other people and to support them. Sometimes even I need to recognise when I need to have a break. So I think it's about checking in. Now it's starting to become more familiar, like you would probably advise clients to do, getting more aware of, becoming more aware of when you might be starting to um, need some support or when you might need to slow the pace down a bit. And of course, the resource is one way to help you to focus on different areas of your life that you may be struggling with. But I think that's one of the biggest things is just make sure you're conscious of checking in on yourself. So what I mean by that is, you know, if you are noticing that maybe you are feeling irritable or you are feeling more anxious, like you were saying after working with that client, that that was bringing something up for you that you were feeling, then just having some time to reflect on what that might be. Is it due to being overworked and needing to have a rest? And do you need to put more boundaries in place in terms of like work hours, breaks, things like that? One thing I do is I'm very boundaried in terms of the days that I work. I work for myself. So I choose to work with clients three days a week because that ensures for me, it gives me enough downtime that when I am working with clients, I can be the best, you know, version of me. 
Yeah, that makes sense to to really look at your schedule and make sure yeah. that you're not burning yourself out as well. And because I used to do five days a week with clients and that that was hard. Yes. Yeah. I don't feel like I was as effective either because you can't be. You're giving so much of yourself. Yes. Yeah. I really enjoy now working in private. I used to work for a children and adolescent service for a local authority is what we call them over here. I don't know if you would call that like when you have different councils. Does that make sense? Not sure, <laughs> um, but it's okay. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so like a like it's yeah, like social service department. Oh, okay, like child protective services. Yes, or, yeah. Okay. So but I worked in children's mental health and used to do that over five days, which was fine. But now I work in private practice and I've got the choice. I don't need to work five days. I know I could earn more money. I could squeeze those clients. I in. know, yeah. <laughs> All day Thursday and Friday, but you know, what would I be left with? That's the truth. <laughs> but I think it goes back to we're more vulnerable, aren't we, as counselors and therapists, because of all that we have to give. It's different than someone who works in a field that's not helping people. Yes, yeah. And I just think when when you have got the choice, if you are in private practice and you have got the choice to to make your work fit around your life and make sure your happiness is a priority and how is that going to translate into the work you do with your clients and you can become also a role model can't you for that parallel process of demonstrating and and practicing what you preach so true so what's the best way for listeners to find you and learn more about you the best way to find the product is www.mylittletherapybox.ltd.com and that's where you can... Um, and we'll have it in the box. show notes too. Yeah. And you can have a little look at the box. If you want to learn just more about me and my counselling practice, that's www.thisismecounselling.com. Thanks for coming on the podcast today. It's okay. It's been a pleasure and, and lovely to connect with you. Absolutely. And thank you to my listeners for checking out this episode. Please remember to help support the podcast and share this on your social media and send it to a colleague. This is Chris McDonald sending each one of you much light and love. Until next time, take care. If you're loving the show, will you rate, review, and subscribe on your favorite podcast platform? We just started this and that helps other people find this show. Also, if you're feeling uncertain about your modalities and you want to build your confidence to be your unique self, I want you to join my free email course, Becoming a Holistic Counselor, over at HolisticCounselingPodcast.com. In my Becoming a Holistic Counselor course, you'll get tips for adding integrative care into your practice, what training you need and don't, and the know-how to attract your ideal holistic clients. If this sounds like the direction you are headed, sign up at HolisticCounselingPodcast.com. This podcast is designed to provide accurate and authoritative information in regards to the subject matter covered. It is given with the understanding that neither the host, the publisher, or the guests are rendering legal, accounting, clinical, or any other professional information. If you want a professional, you should find one.